0: You're listening to 17 karat K-pop. For more about this show and my other show enthusiasts, plus to get the latest interviews, K-pop news, album reviews, and so much more, subscribe to the show's free newsletter at 17 karatkpop.substack.com Enjoy the show! Hi everybody! Welcome back to 17 karat K-pop. Really excited to share with you new updates in Billy's music video universe that we just really need to talk about. The big things to keep in mind today are when I bring up color symbolism, when I bring up recurring themes, patterns, and certain words and phrases they keep bringing up in lyrics, short films, etc. And the literary connections. The books that appear and are referenced in their world, super key to remember. So books, colors, and other recurring themes and symbols. So much to dive into and you don't have to listen to the first Billy dedicated episode to know what I'm talking about because I'll do quite a big refresher but you will get more context about Matilda specifically and how that book I think really did inspire this whole story period if you listen to the episode out wherever you get your podcast called Billy's World. Let's dive in. The songs in The Village of Perception chapter one are revealing in several ways. One with clever wordplay. When a word is repeated, blood, blood, and dead, dead, ring, ring. Okay, that one may just be the way you say it, but you know what I mean. The repetition is notable. Also, an early trend to pick up on are when keywords are in all caps for song titles. Things are lowercase except certain words and letters. Ring, ring is all caps. Flower old, flower ID basically flower old, I guess you could pronounce it, with an L instead of an I. Flower ID is all caps. The word secret is also in all caps, so those are the big ones. Secret, flower ID, ring ring, those are the key words from the first album. And they lay out the dilemmas the girls are facing, trying to find out what happened to their former classmate Billy Love, and trying to piece together their own memories of their time with her. They're really having a hard time remembering, deciphering false from true memories, so many gaps in their memory they're trying to address. And their confusion about what happened and what didn't, that is what plagues them in these songs. The introduction of an apparent parallel world is revealed in The Collective Soul and Unconscious, Chapter 1. They continue to sing about struggling to know what's going on, what's right or wrong to do in this pursuit of what happened to Billy, and they start introducing to listeners the notion, hey, maybe Billy is me, more like me than I think, just like me, or is directly. Up to you to interpret it as they are saying they've been Billy this whole time, or if they just mean it figuratively, seeing themselves in her. They talk about this topsy-turvy new world, this exasperated quest for finding meaning within bizarre antics, which you see them go through in the very weird, wacky "Gingamingio: The Strange World video. They also now sing about a new level of closure and satisfaction with discovering their B-side. And this B-side is someone who they feel like their fate is connected and tied up in. So they sing about, like, an overlap, Their fate is wound up in this other person. The same themes continue on the songs that are part of The Village of Perception, Chapter 2. Presumably, The Village of Perception eras take place in one world, the real world. In the parallel, bizarre world is when the album has that collective soul and unconscious title. The Collective Soul and Unconscious series can be viewed as kind of a weird parallel funhouse mirror to what's happening in the Village of Perception world. Village of Perception Chapter 2 continues to agonize over fragmented memories that are hard to grasp and hold on to. The blurriness of childhood, they describe it as. A maze they are stuck in but they continue to persevere and encourage you to ring out for help so they can come find you and rescue you in Ring My Bell, which is an interesting follow-up to Ring Ring, which started the story. That song ends with lyrics about time ticking and the need to reset the clock, which is very notable. Tick Tock and similar messages also are in Sun Palace slash Stroop Effect. Stroop effect, as we broke down in the last Billy episode, refers to a reaction time and a delay in it. That can have to do with, for example, when you're asked to read a color out loud and it's in a different color. Like you're asked to read the word you see that's purple, the word purple, but it's in pink letters. That weird delay you're going to have in voicing the answer, that reaction time pause, refers to the Stroop effect the confusion about what color something is notable symbolism for later, as well as bringing up the concept of a MacGuffin. MacGuffins, who's the Joker, is a song that may refer to a Joker being the wild card in a game. A MacGuffin kind of has that messing things up purpose too, something that exists solely to move the plot forward. Like it's truly just a narrative device, unnecessary except for the fact the MacGuffin is there to make sure the story progresses in a certain way. It's an interesting song lyrically, because now they're questioning not just what's real, but what actors could be playing a role in keeping what's real so foggy for them. Is someone playing tricks on their memory? Is there a dark force involved? Then comes the song Back to Where We Belong, which talks about being led by the light and trying to draw your future. Remember that. The Village of Perception short films, I'm just going to read like one big film continuously, but here were what the chapters entailed. It all started with two kids walking in the woods, presumably a sister and her little brother. She's teaching him the story of Billy, shocked that he doesn't know the legend everyone talks about in this town yet. So she introduces him to the story of Billy Love. The fact that Billy was just like you, except she was mysteriously taken on day 11. 11 day is the day stuff happens. When the clock strikes 11, magic happens and she was snatched, taken into maybe another world. No one knows what happened when she was taken on day 11. Which was just like any other day, except ominous purple rain fell. Curious, these two go to Billy Love's house, which is in the woods. She's not there, of course. This abandoned house is where they go exploring, as do the members of Billy in other scenes. That's why they look cagey and lie and act innocent and play dumb when their mom asks them if they're going to go there. They're like, no, we're not going to snoop around that seemingly haunted place. They totally go back there to do that and even kind of summon spirits with a seance of sorts in front of the house. Some symbolism that is notable for later... A butterfly tattoo on one girl's finger and the other playing the role of her sister. She is busy drawing as they talk. The Billy girls, as the voiceover of this girl telling her brother stories of Billy love, that voiceover continues, but now we see the Billy characters, the Billy members, doing their own thing too, taking this mystery into their own hands. They wander the woods, walk by a purple apple that says 11 on it, very notable, They set up their seance of sorts with teddies and trinkets in the pile on the grass. The bell starts to ring and it starts pouring rain. The girl tells her brother, go to the attic. That mystery attic in this house is where Billy awaits or her spirit awaits. This boy is like, how? There's no attic to this house. And she basically says, you have to be desperate enough. Be desperate enough. That's her word choice. Close your eyes. Wake up your senses. Believe in the attic and Billy in her story. And it will magically appear, basically. But you have to believe. And you need a ticket. So she actually gives him like a movie ticket from Out of a Fishbowl. Another notable detail for later. And she tells him to go up to the world of Eleven. So Eleven is kind of, Eleven Day is this code word term for that magical moment when the parallel world basically opens up and may take a victim, or I guess you could think of them as a tourist instead, with it. The girls are in the attic in some of their videos, including Ring Ring, when they put things including a teddy in this trinket box, like another ritual to try to summon her spirit. They're also back there in Snowy Night, with this abominable snowman character who may be their own personal MacGuffin, just saying. There's a moment at the end where we find out what appeared to be a dream was not fully because one of the members still has the accessory she wore in her dream when she wakes up. It was brought over into her daily world. Lots of notable symbolism in the Gingamingio video. I'll just summarize it for you here. Full recap again in that episode called Billy's World. The video starts with Carl Jung's famous line on the screen, Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life, and you will call it fate. Which really summarizes why the magical Billy Attic is the unconscious becoming conscious. And until they do that, they manifest it. It's driving them crazy, directing their life, and they're calling it fate. Like they were just destined to find her. That's my application of it. Anyway, other symbols include mirrored images of themselves, purple balloons a birthday cake with the number 11 being the candle, Polaroids, this vending machine That secretly this elevator, this passageway, an empty classroom the girls use for a party, and a giant one-eyed rabbit who is quite the mascot for them until the newest comeback. We'll get to that. The next short film includes notable details like a blue colored pencil, a blue book, a purple teddy bear, purple liquid that drips into, seeps into these rooms, and into a fish bowl, a crack that forms in the mirror, a girl trying to bang on the windows to get the attention of someone on a motorcycle who has a helmet that says 11 indicating maybe she went to or is going back to the other world. The one-eyed rabbit, the clock striking, butterfly-shaped earrings, throwbacks to the girls, happier days in the attic playing together, flashbacks also to running scared through those magical evil woods, a key, and a lot of voiceover content. So here are the notable parts of that transcript. Quote, There's a very mysterious and scary story in our town. A story about a missing child. The child's room was always crowded with friends. There's not even a trace. Can it be true? Nothing is known. Time with her that adults didn't acknowledge. I had to hide it, so the lies got bigger. She was born to be bad. She deserves to disappear, right? She knew too many of the things she didn't need to know. I had to hide the time we were together. I had to lie, and no one easily noticed her absence. I can't find her anymore. The child hiding in the shadow of the room. It was perfect to be taken. Today I'm living as myself. Your invitation has finally arrived. Your hint. Deliver like a nightmare. I'm tired of this now. What is this? I've waited for this. I know the secret. I'm afraid of seeing completely different myself. I cried for an unknown reason. The long-awaited invitation has finally arrived. This is the moment I saw in my dream. Déjà vu. Now everyone will recognize the truth. I turn away. No one would remember me if I'm missing. I'll hide because I know everyone's secret. Did you forget? It's you who made Billy disappear. You erased her. You abandoned her. You hurt her. You locked her room with the safest, but most dangerous, lock. The way you look is not everything. The things you know are not everything. The memory we already forgot. The memory we forced ourselves to seal do you really forget you come here we come to you like a connected string we were apart from each other eleven times we broke up eleven times we forgot billy remember confide take her back wake them up tell them it's not too late let's go to meet her what is your be? To me, all these quotes lend support to the theory that Billy is them, like not a separate person, but their inner child, something in their psyche that they abandon because sometimes they sound like they're taking on Billy's voice herself. Like, I'm going to go hide. I'm going to go run away. No one will even notice if I'm gone. No one cares about me, etc. That's just my thought, that this is kind of inner turmoil, inner trauma playing out and they are desperately trying to revive, get in touch with, and seek peace with Billy, who may just be a term for their own inner child, or something else within them they need to heal. On the other hand, the next video features a ton of flashbacks with this mystery Billy being a separate person playing with them, although with a cat mask on, so there's no face reveal. There was almost at one point, but not quite also notable that the cat mask has one blue and one purple eye. Purple things so far in the story seem to be associated with the creepier stuff, the sinister hints at something, some force entering their lives. The blue things like the book about Billy, the colored pencil, another reference to drawing a new reality, the blue seems to represent more hopeful things when you're trying to create a new world. Purple's more about the destructive old world, the evil stuff, and then blue is more about a peaceful, ideal future. That's just my read of it, so the cat mask having both eyes just represents how Billy is at the crossroads. They can help pull her to one side, not the other, but we'll see if they succeed. The flashbacks include just hanging out with her with a bike, playing tag, carrying a balloon, a whole bunch of stuff, this girl providing comfort to the others, playing with shadow puppets, playing ring around the rosies. Sometimes the cat mask wearer just sits back as an observer, like not playing with them, but is still there to comfort them the way they remember it. The way they remember it, she was included in everything. The way Billy seemed to actually be, was excluded. So another interpretation is Billy is not their inner child, but someone they thought they had had a good relationship with and didn't realize they had been ostracizing. So it could be kind of an anti-bully lens to see this from too. The girls are back for day 11 magic, and they go back to the gates by Billy's house. One holding the key, one holding a blue balloon. The actual subtitles say are violet past, and I don't think that was a typo. I think that was a reference to the color violet, the purple they are trying to move past. And the video shows a bunch of examples of the girls getting those flashbacks while revisiting those settings, revisiting those environments, and kind of recreating those scenarios. I don't think just to retrace their steps as they look for Billy, but just to make peace with themselves too for closure's sake. The empty classroom and pictures thrown on the ground, also notable reappearances. The school building, as the clock strikes, crumbles. This new world they have to transition to now, the window is closing to delay that. And they close the gates and another flashback plays. Then we see the girl with the cat mask taking it off. They each get a close-up then, taking off their own mask and saying their own new name that starts with B, their new codename maybe. When the clock strikes 11 in that video, remember this part of a monologue. Quote, "...origination of shadow, the world is destroyed and my mature self is born. An old vow is reborn as a new oath. You can wait right there, I will go to rescue you." Unquote. Basically, they feel newly reinvigorated to make peace with their past, forgive themselves for forgetting about Billy, and find her again. New resolve to do that. And they have that, we've got this, let's go energy with Ringma Bell. Returning to a classroom and other key settings. They also have this purple guitar pick that says bravery on it. So now their B, their lucky letter, is merged with the color purple that they can change to not be an ominous connotation any longer. They also dare to enter these rooms that glow purple. They no longer run and scream from the purple. These antics in the Ring Bell video include a whole bunch of stuff, really action-packed, really key though, the guitar pick and the ending when we learn a bit more about the characters. The Thing is what they call this big bubble of sorts. The band players are the November band. The cat is November. This mystery cat, the name is November. Yes, the 11th month of the year. And that cat mask wearer is indeed Billy Love, who stands before the members in the post credit scene holding a butterfly net. Again with the butterfly symbolism, which just took kind of a foreboding turn. On to how The Village of Perception, Chapter 3, which just came out, furthers the story. Key lyrics from Enchanted Night, White Night. May be useless, even if it's a story of fantasy. Need a sign in the night. The closed door under the moonlight is opening. I got chills. The moon is freaky, the stars are dreamy, a new star is blooming. Every day the new universe, are we picturing it? Draw it. The closed door that was hidden under the moonlight is fully opened, brighter than daylight. What a white night. The attic of yesterday, dreamer Billy, is in it. I can't see them anymore, that faraway veiled woods. The sound of tension, the sound of night. Maybe it's a revelation. Just the sound of a pipe? What if it's not a pipe? Are you a dreamer in the light? So they feel like the mysteries of the past linger and they still have to question everything but it's interesting in the outro when they suddenly think, wait, what if this means nothing? What if I think I hear Billy, but it's in my head, it's really just a pipe in real life? How do we know for sure? Lionheart, the real me, key lyrics include, not a chance for just an illusion. It'll be gone like a ghost. Now I can see what I've been searching for was me in the fog. When I become stronger, and meat is my real self. Maybe it's me who disturbed my mind. I have the courage, my own sound I have choked back, my awakened power, like a lion. So that definitely lends support to the theory, Billy is just themselves. But on the other hand, it could be, hey, we thought we saw Billy, but again, just an illusion here, it was a reflection. Or it's a foggy memory that can't be trusted. But we will pursue the truth anyway, courageously, like a lion. Key lyrics in the new title track, You Noia. Another version of me, motivation being awakened, only the two of us know. The two sides, folded in half, figure it out. My B-side, it gets mysterious, you're blue, I'm purple, we become one, you know Side note, interesting that they cast themselves as purple, the more negative connotation, conflict, associated symbol, and the peaceful color blue they assigned to Billy, or their B-side, as they put it. Lighting up the darkness, I'm being drawn. This is the world you showed me. You colored my five senses. There we go with more color and drawing terms. The interlude in the song is hey and hey, as if it's responding, like two people in conversation. They also bring to life a bunch of cute sparks, literally, sparks fly magically in the video. Just like in the song they sing, feel free to vent emotions like a firework, and then keep the sparkling moment that will be gone in a flash. The scattered fragment of a sentimental memory connect the dots. In the song, Various and Precious, they bring up that weird word again, flower old. Flower ID, but with an L, not an I. This is our flower ID. You make us exist, the blue purple. You paint me and make me. You make us various. The world of black and white, your vivid colors. I wind a clock without a second hand. Maybe the stopped second hand is finally running fast. So fast, memories are piling up. You're like a small clockwork I once lost the picture will draw together, the words that come to my mind so many times. And then in Nevertheless, they sing, maybe it's destiny, you're going far away nevertheless, you're fading away nevertheless. The secret I think I know, this somewhat unfamiliar feeling, I want to know. Like in previous releases, the things that show up in parentheses tell an interesting side story, emphasize interesting components. If you read the lyrics and the captions on their videos, sans parentheses, those parentheticals taken out make it read like a brand new story. And then if you just read the story as if parentheses sentences were the only sentences, you kind of get a whole new perspective. So it's a two-in-one story. Really well done. So, I just gave you the sans parenthesis excerpts. Now let's dissect just what words they put in parentheses. Not just for the new era, but also in the past. Lyrics, transcripts of short films, etc. The Strange World, 4321, Lie, You Waited For Me, Black, Stroop Effect, Shush, Every Day A New Star Is Blooming, Are You a Dreamer in the Light, Glimmering Night, I hope tonight will last till tomorrow night, the real me, moment of inertia, count down this magical night, possibly following day 11, and finding Billy while finding themselves. Again, could be metaphorical, could be literal, that Billy is them. They're discovering themselves more, and what that self-discovery really looks like, up to you to interpret. Also notable throughout their whole discography, both the Unconscious series and the Billage series, including the latest installments, what also stands out to me are the song titles, where they're capitalized. Because not many words are capitalized at all, so when they are capitalized, it seems worth noting that those words were drawn attention to. For this new comeback, the only new keyword is Unoya, which refers to that fragmented, piecemeal aspect to memories, which goes with the rest of the theme, with other capitalized keywords being Billage, Billy, Be, Birth, Brave, Back, Belong, Matilda, MacGuffins, Moon, Sun, Joker, Ring, Secret, and Gengamingio. Interestingly, the last song about you fading away, the memory going, eluding your grasp, no matter what, you can't help it, that final declaration in the album is the first track video. Nevertheless, was released first. Then came the Lionheart track video. As they get bolder and more courageous, as the song lyrics attest to, the visual shows this tiny TV on a shelf, and the camera is tilted to show the TV on an angle, so you can see the other side of the TV shelf, where there are books, including Enchanted Night by Stephen Milhauser. A novella with a bunch of different characters and plots, but most relevant seems the plot with a group of girls who say we are your daughters. Long story short, they rob houses, break into homes, and leave a sign that says, We are your daughters. So they're trying to kind of remind you of their humanity while committing a crime. It's thought-provoking for sure, as are the other short stories in there. The subplot with the mannequin that comes to life, discarded and forgotten dolls, the woman in love with the ghost, They also separately read this book, Enchanted Night, in other videos too, so it appears more than once on their shelf and in their hands, which makes sense, tackling the same broad themes of who deserves to be remembered, the lengths you go to be remembered, youth pursuing a return to the symbols of your youth, that kind of stuff. Notable in the track video for Extraordinary, the wall phone is right next to a picture on the wall of the girl with the cat mask on she's back. This is an interesting pivot though, where it seems like an owl has officially replaced the weird one-eyed rabbit as their mascot slash magical north star creature. Now they turn to the owl. The owl is the new rabbit for them, and we see that with the logo switch up here. It also appears in what is considered a prequel story, the Enchanted Night track video, showing the girls huddled around a window together on a dark and stormy night, presumably in that Billy house in the woods. There are a lot of interesting book spines you can see the titles of in this video, so you see more of their bookshelf. Like I talked about with the Matilda tie-ins in the past Billy episode of the show, their literary references are quite extensive. So some of the books I noticed in that video include something by Clive Cussler, who is an author of Adventures and Thrillers. Someone with the last name Billingham, couldn't make out his full name, could be Mark Billingham, who wrote the Tom Thorne crime novels. A book called Hide and Seek, basically they played hide and seek with Billy and never found her. Some book by Ian Rankin, who wrote the Inspector Rebus series. I think a copy of Vulcan 607, which is a retelling of a British air attack. Those are the main ones I spotted, but feel free to share with me if you can make out the other text. The fishbowl makes a reappearance. Remember, it filled with the evil purple liquid before, and it was also the container for the tickets to see this show, basically, entering the magical attic. The fencing that guards Billy's house is also similar to the way the fencing now separates the scene and kind of summarizes the premise of Enchanted Night, that that's the night after day 11 when magic happens and the worlds kind of converge. The line is blurry now on this magical night between reality and the alternate world which is why the scenes are layered so their characters are doing one thing in the background scene than they are in the front scene, split down the middle so it has this texture to the scene, this three-dimensionality, split by the fencing, representative of Billy. Naturally, in the full-length Enchained Night video, the clock says eleven eleven, and part of the text on the screen, the transcript, mentions how much they spend time reading books. Other notable details include a white stuffed owl by that wall phone where previously by the wall phone we saw a picture of the cat mask girl. So the image of Billy replaced with maybe something that could help them find her, give them advice for that. There isn't much to read into in the Various and Precious track video, just note the fact they are in this field, some on their phones in one, one of them busy reading a book. Now we need to talk about the full-length title track video for Unoya, where another color enters the color symbolism canon when a new girl in school shows up wearing one blue hair clip and one hot pink one. This white feather is also on her shoulder. Stray white feather, hot pink hair clip. Then the members of Billy are in a cutaway scene with it raining, pouring white feathers on them as they wear hot pink outfits. I'm not quite sure what connotation to give the color pink yet, but its introduction to the story is notable. So it seems like maybe gradually they will form basically the rainbow, even if pink's not technically in the rainbow. You know what I mean? They may just add a full palette worth of colors to their symbolism roster. That could be part of them drawing and bringing to life what they have been saying about drawing the whole time. We also see more hot pink slash fuchsia added to the story with the eyes of a CGI owl that flies around in and out of scenes. They also later wear hot pink outfits when dancing in the gym. Other details I spotted that seem very notable. The goldfish bowl is back as one member's lock screen. And I don't know if this should be flagged or if it means nothing, but you may thank me later for giving you this heads up that it may be significant. That a text the girl gets when I noticed her lock screen is the goldfish bowl was sent at 8.32. Or at least, her phone flashed and the clock on her phone said 8.32. Something to think about. Other details I spotted that are super significant. More Polaroids and taking pictures together. The purple butterfly sticker on one digital camera. That enchanted night book, once again the projector screen memories around them in one scene, a neon sign in the shape of an owl, and the fact they pass by one of those magical things that looks like a vending machine, but has also a secret elevator slash portal to a new place. That secret tunnel entrance way of sorts returns. So they're onto something. They're on the right track. One of them at one point does get a call from Billy, but does not pick up. And I don't know what to make of that. Maybe she just assumed it was too good to be true. Another theory is the possibility they intentionally are not solving the case. They don't want to fully close this story because they're learning so much about themselves and actually enjoying the ride. They like the perpetual excuse to continue just hanging out in this very topsy-turvy world and don't want to feel like, all right, deed is done, we found Billy. They kind of like these misadventures and or are scared to finally find and confront the person they've been searching for for so long, who they wronged in the past. So they may be kind of putting off the confrontation, even if it would also come with closure. I know today doesn't have really super condensed theories, but just a lot to reflect on because I'm still frankly debating what my concrete theory is because I have so many that kind of conflict with each other. Let's revisit what I said to keep an eye out for meaningful recurring themes and symbols in Billy's World and in the episode literally called Billy's World. Here are the things I said to watch for butterflies. Yep, the tattoo on the finger, the earrings, the butterfly net, and now the sticker on the camera. References to moonlight or sun. Yep, the sun and shade and night, about the mysterious world opening up at moonlight. And references to the blindingly bright white night too. Pictures and taking pictures. Yep, still doing that, trying to get some tangible memory proof. References to clocks and the passage of time. Yup, the clock references in Various and Precious. References to a snowy alternate world. They do in one song reference a snow girl, which does seem to allude to that. The gates, the fencing. Yep, already talked about that. Cat slash cat mask. Yep, the cat mask girl's picture is in The Extraordinary Video. The rabbit, I said keep your eyes on. Now replaced by an owl. References to seeing themselves in Billy. Yep, still there. Again, could be literal, could be metaphorical. The goldfish bowl, yup, with the lock screen. That symbol continues to prove to be relevant. References to the attic setting, check. Rumors, gossip, miracles, fate, destiny, all those premises are back, check, check, check. Feeling ignored or not taken seriously by adults, check. References to drawings and adding color to your world, yup. References to a parallel world, yup. Questioning what's a dream versus reality. The whole seeing is believing premise. Yup. Feeling mixed up and confused. Struggling to find shades of gray. Check. Book references. Check. And the use of the number 11. The day of 11. The month of November. The 11th month. 11 o'clock. The birthday candle. The apple that said 11. The motorcycle helmet. Pieces from the alternate world branded with that number. That's still happening, and 11 continues to show its importance in, for example, the time on the clock in a new track video. Granted, there were some of my theories about what to keep your eyes on that didn't really pan out. We didn't see much new symbolism to do with the ticket sale or that boy and girl narrator anyway, period. Not here anymore in the story. Not sure what became of them, but I am quite impressed, if I do say so myself, with how many things I told you to keep your eyes on that did reappear and were added on to, like, the color symbolism. Since I cannot give you a nice concrete, super concise theory today, I will try to make up for it a bit by using some context clues to at least kind of narrow down why I believe what I believe as I try to interpret this whole world. I do think it's worth always revisiting Matilda. That story really did form, I think, a ton of this worldview. The themes of kids not being taken seriously, the uncontained emotions in kids, unregulated. And in the story, Matilda has telekinetic powers until she actually gets to move up a grade and utilize her full potential as a student. So basically, she just had all this brain power, all this energy in her that needed an outlet, which went from being telekinesis to just math and science and stuff. But she needed something to foster and channel that ability. That furthers my theory that there's a thematic parallel and Billy are intentionally not ending their story yet, not giving their mind closure, because that might imply their energy, their brain power, their power will turn into new skills, but they want to keep open their magical abilities, the chance to use magic to access an alternate world. If that's where their energy is being directed, right now they want to keep it that way, which may be why they really don't try incredibly hard to find Billy which would explain why they didn't pick up the phone when she called. I also think a key phrase to keep in mind is seeing is believing and how that connects to their references to that Carl Jung quote because Carl Jung believed in anything humans create, any fictional myth folktale story stems from some real roots, some psychological concept, some manifestation of the explainable is at the core of anything unexplainable. Fiction is actually rooted in nonfiction, is kind of a way to summarize his worldview. Glossing over a lot here, but I did dive more into it in that first Billy episode. Remember, he kind of had a clash with Freud I talked about before, and at one of the cores of their disagreement was how to heal from the past. So Freud was like, healing from the past comes from resurfacing bad traumatic memories and unpacking them. Yoon focused more on making peace with that past and focusing on the future and aligning your future with more goals that go with your collective unconscious. He viewed the world as having this collective unconscious and a personal unconscious. So the unconscious mind he saw as two layers. The personal is to you, the collective is society. And he believed that parts of our culture, beliefs, values, abilities, etc. all came to sit in this cauldron, basically. Metaphorically, this big pit that formed the foundation of our world, the collective unconscious. Things that we as a culture all remember together. Like learning the ABCs, for example. That's not really in your personal unconscious mind to remember that song. That's a cultural, societal, collective unconscious anecdote. It's stored in a place, metaphorically stored, where it is accessed and repurposed by creators, by humans, of all kinds. So that access to your past emotions, that is where they differed about how to do that and why. Billy's story, I think, is about Yoon's interpretation, that they are going back in time to kind of revisit and recreate past moments with Billy because revisiting those flashbacks is not healing, but is the start of healing and could give them tools to help shape a future where in the collective unconscious, people actually have the right idea in how they remember Billy. So they see themselves as being able to make amends for their mistreatment of Billie by making sure her memory is the right memory, that people remember her in the right way. So they're learning from the past to make sure in the future things turn out better when it comes to Billie's legacy. Carl Jung also talked about the concept of the sea of unconscious. How our unconscious minds are like the sea because they're an endless ocean of resources beyond our comprehension, just in a Googleplex amount of cultural material. This material, this sea of thoughts in the collective unconscious, is kind of what Billy's story is. It's their exploration of that sea. That's why it's endless. That's why it feels like every time they learn something new, they also know so much less that they're constantly searching for answers again. Like they're drowning in information because they are exploring the unconscious, which is an endless sea. So they're constantly overwhelmed, confused, don't know what's right, what's wrong, what to trust, what is their personal unconscious memory versus the real collective unconscious. So they're really sifting through their minds. So a lot of this is all in their heads. I also see the connection to Carl Jung's work because of the cat mask. Remember in the previous episode I talked about Jung's main archetypes he used to describe people. The persona was one, which refers to the public-facing mask we present to the worlds, our putting on and act public-facing selves. The key word there is mask. Another archetype anima slash animus. I know that's not literally just referring to animal instincts, but he referred to natural instincts in a similar way. So a cat mask seems kind of on the nose, as well as their frequent references to blinding light, which would contrast with another archetype he mentioned, the shadow, and shadow projections of your memories. The last main archetype he talked about, the self, which he viewed as something to actualize being the ultimate goal. Self-actualization being the highest psychological aspiration to attain. So, in short, keep in mind the symbols I talked about today, the color symbolism especially, and the use of different types of capitalization, parentheticals, asides, what they're drawing your attention to linguistically and literary-wise, what books they're getting inspiration from that could be helping direct this story, Matilda especially, since the beginning. The creatures assisting this mission, an owl is now the main one to remember, and the connections to Carl Yoon, which I realize they did borrow from overtly, with that quote from Carl Yoon himself at the beginning of the Gingaming video Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life, and you will call it fate. That's ultimately what's happening in Billy's story. So many layers to it. Psychological, literary, cultural, social. I could go on and on. But I've talked your ears off enough today about it. Really an underrated, rich story from this girl group. So please do check them out. Support them. They're really, really profound in their storytelling. And I will, of course, have another episode for them for future comebacks. Thank you all for tuning in. And I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody.